world. I think we, we know already that uh, every country can be affected. It could happen to USA, to Canada, to Australia. We know that the virus was traveling in, in the luggage by airplane. Yeah? We know that the virus could be traveling with the feet and feet components. Yeah. So, so this, is, this is a point we know that uh, we have, for instance, in some countries um, like Germany, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Denmark, we have a people who are coming from Eastern Europe working on, on, on the pig farms. They may bring some pork meat at home, which is a very tasteful, but may contain the virus. So it means that everybody is at risk. So it means this education, this information is very important for every country where we have peaks because never know, you never know when or which country will be the next. Hopefully we will be able to stop this expansion of the African swine fever virus, but we have to be prepared and we have to be really focusing on prevention and prevention in this case means a really education and information. Hello, welcome to this episode in the Meet the Experts series of podcasts brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim on swine health management in practice. My name is Peter Best. In this episode, we continue a conversation with Dr. Thomas Treller, about African swine fever. Dr. Treller is the technical manager for swine in Central and Eastern Europe at Beringer Ingelheim, based in its regional center in Vienna. We're going to be talking about transmission and protection with regard to the ASF virus. And in that context, let me remind you, our listeners, that Beringer Ingelheim offers an app called Combat ASF, which is an online tool that a swine producer can use to assess the biosecurity in place on the farm against the entry of ASF. Dr. Treller, the first part of our conversation covered what your personal experience of farms with African swine fever in several countries has shown about the recognition and diagnosis of the disease. Regarding these farms where you've had experience, uh, was it obvious how the African swine fever infection had entered them? No. So actually, in most cases, we never found out how the virus came to the farm. So, and this this is a similar experience in Europe and, and in Asia. So we, we can assume that there are many introduction routes. So people, vehicles, um, equipment, for instance, field equipment, which is coming from the infected field where, which is, for instance, populated by infected wild boars. And then the, the, the farmer is uh, parking his tractor in the middle of the farm. Um, of course, uh, kitchen food waste, so swill and scrap from the kitchen. This is especially in Asia, but it could also be a problem in some European countries, Romania, Ukraine. And of course, the, the live infected pigs, which may be asymptomatic, but already shedding the virus. And, and, and we have a cases uh, when a farm got infection by importing infected, uh, however, asymptomatic pigs. Um, 
there are some other risks or some other routes. So we have evidence that the feet or, or feet components could be uh, a source of the virus. Actually, in some countries, especially small farmers, the backyard farmers, they are using during the summertime green feet, which is harvested from the area. Uh, around the farm and if this area is frequented by infected wild boar and freshly fed to domestic pigs, uh, the risk of infection is, is um, actually very high and, and we have a confirmation, we have a case that the, the green feed, the grass which was fed to, to pigs was, was full of the virus. Um, so it means you have to to take any kind of um, option into your consideration when when you are trying to close these these routes. But again, the majority of cases remained unclear, so we we really don't know. So therefore, when we are working on biosecurity, we have to actually evaluate every kind of of scenario. We have evidence that the flies or other insects may be a carrier, um, but basically, I, I do not think personally this is this is a, a, the highest risk or the main route. If you keep the farm really clean, if you if you uh, have um, a routine, effective fly control, this risk is probably. Uh, much much smaller compared with the with the people movement, with the vehicles movement, with the equipment movements, or in 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 some cases in some countries infected pork meat products which are coming to the farm. Mm. But I, I was interested. One of the things I wasn't really clear about before was the fact that wild boar could contaminate field crops and then the crop themselves, or as you said, the field equipment, the tractors and so on, could be the the means by which the contamination, the infection, is carried into the farm. Uh, that has happened in in your experience. Absolutely, yes. So, so first of all, we have to remember that, that the wild boars um, which are infected, they are shedding this virus in urine, in feces. So it means this way the virus can can contaminate for instance grass or or grain and then that straw which which will be used as, as a bedding after that uh, but uh, i would um, put attention to one point uh, the wild boar cadavers so so the dead wild boar a body which which is um, in different stage of decomposition is always a, a huge risk because this, um, these cadavers, they contain a huge amount of the virus. You will easily overlook, for instance, if, if you are on the big tractor in the field, you will not see that there is a, uh, a dead boar lying somewhere uh, below your tractor. You just drive over and then crushing the bones which are full of uh, the virus, you will contaminate your your. your tractor tires and, and then easily uh, you will bring the virus to, to your farm. Please remember that the virus is a very resistant to physical and chemical factors. So actually, depending probably on the weather, ultraviolet and so on, the virus can stay infective for several weeks or even months in the field. So it means a boar which died, I don't know, in January, February, if you get in contact with, with the remainings of this wild boar in, in April or May, you still can infect your shoes. So 
this is this is a really we we have to consider and and we see actually that in areas where we have a high wild boar density we have also higher risk of uh, asf infection in domestic pigs so there's a clear correlation between that. Is there that... is a correlation, and, and this is what we see in the field. And, and meanwhile, there are some really scientific publication based on mathematical calculation models, which really confirm very clearly that there is a correlation between wild boar density and the risk of, 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 of getting ASF on the farm. Mm. So are wild boar the biggest risk? factor, the biggest single risk factor in your view, or do you think there is something that is even more important in terms of something that allows the African swine fever virus to reach swine farms in different countries? Um, I, I think that uh, in countries where, where we where we have a quite a big wild boar population, like, like Poland, like Hungary, just last week we had uh, outbreaks of African swine fever in Slovakia, eastern part of Slovakia, uh, which is a very close to Hungarian border where we have a huge amount of infected boars. So probably one can assume that uh, the wild boars were source of the virus there in this region. So it, it, it's, it's a very serious problem, but it's not the only one. I mean, we have a lot of cases where the virus came with the people. So a very important point is that the virus needs a carrier. The African swine fever virus cannot fly. So somebody has to bring it to the farm. It could be a person, with, with the shoes, with the clothes, with the equipment. Uh, it could be vehicle. It could be a kind of agriculture equipment which became infected and, and then uh, was, was entering the farm. And of course, again, uh, infected pork. This is, this is a very important point because in, in many pork products, which are not uh, processed in high temperature, uh, just smoked, for instance, or a kind of very popular um, belly called uh, sawo in eastern part of uh, Poland or Russia, Ukraine, the virus can stay infectious as long as six months. So this is a really high risk if you have so no pork at the farm. This is the point, yeah. Let me pause for a moment to remind everyone that more information on this conversation, like articles, publications and videos, can be found on the website pers.com. When we talk about lessons from affected farms then, Dr. Trello, I mean, biosecurity has got to be the number one, hasn't it, really? Uh, how do we emphasise the importance of measures to stop any direct or indirect contact between wild boar and domesticated pigs? I think, first of all, biosecurity is the only tool we have now to, to, to protect our pigs from African swine fever. As we know, vaccine is still under development. There are some uh, information from China, but I think we are still quite far away from, from having an effective vaccine. So biosecurity is, is the only tool we have. And uh, I think that the first step when we are thinking about protection is a really solid fence around the farm. A simple story, but still a very critical, very important and still very effective. So we need a solid fence, which means at least two meters high, 
which is going at least uh, half a meter deep into the ground, um, which can really physically protect uh, wild boars to entering the farm area. If you have a fence, you need the gates, which, which are properly constructed, which are properly managed. I mean, close the gate. A good fence will be not uh, giving you protection if your gate is open all day and night. So, so it means it's, um, it's not only infrastructure, but also it's the proper uh, usage of the infrastructure, which, which is very important. But fencing is, is very, very important um, to protect, uh, keep the area around the farm and of course inside the farm clean so you can um, uh, see if there is a moving anything around but also do not attract any kind of animals having a garbage around the farm or any kind of uh, something which would attract for instance wild boars who we know very well are very keen about for instance garbage from the kitchen or from from the human households looking for some something tasteful they can they can consume so keep it clean around keep it behind the fence and this is already reducing the risk significantly mm. still on lessons or possible lessons uh, should we include asf in the list of possibilities for consideration when some of the pigs on a farm suddenly become ill and die. I'm thinking it might avoid the mistakes of transporting pigs to another site or to the slaughterhouse before there's been a definite diagnosis. Yes, this is a very important point. So because uh, we know that at the beginning, the infection is going very slowly. So we know that there are no specific symptoms. So it can easily happen that uh, you will send out of your farm pigs which are already infected with the virus without knowing this. And this way, the pigs will be, of course, spreading uh, the virus around or infecting in other farms. Another story is, this is what is happening or was happening in Asia, Vietnam, China, but also in some countries like Romania, maybe Ukraine or Poland again, that the farmers, the small farmers, when they realize that they have African swine fever outbreak on the farm, and if they see that some pigs are still clinically okay, what they are doing, they try to save the money they still have, and it means they are selling these pigs, knowing that they are probably infected or knowing at least that they have the virus on the farm. So it means we have to be very, very cautious because the risk that some pigs which are traded or transported around, they may be infected. So it means uh, you have to be very careful. Uh, this is also true for transportation companies, um, for any kind of trucks which are moving pigs around because they may be infected. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to tell you, Dr. Trella, I feel sorry for the farmers if ASF is easily confused with other diseases, as you say, and its signs can be so nonspecific. Uh, what do you suggest can be done to help the operators of farms, particularly what sort of advice could their veterinary advisors offer them? I think it's, uh, as I said, everything is about people. So we, we have to educate people. We have to inform people. And people mean pig farmers, 
veterinarians, uh, I mean also veterinarians from the state administration. So we, we have a training, we have a meeting with state veterinarians. They have to make decisions. They have to supervise the outbreak and may may not have experience with the disease. So it means it's, uh, it's exchange of information, exchange of experience, training of employees, education of employees on the farm, um, but also transportation companies, rendering companies, which may be in contact with, with infected pigs or dead pigs, which were killed by the virus, but also feed mills, uh, diagnostic labs. So there's a quite a complex area. And then, we have also people who are maybe not directly involved in the pig business, like hunters, but they are in contact with the wild boars. They have to know uh, what does it mean uh, to have African swine fever virus in, in the wild boar population or how the virus can enter wild boar uh, population in the region. So actually, once more, education, information, regular trainings, uh, a kind of monitoring uh, employees and everybody who is involved in, 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 in basically health protection of our pigs. Yeah. Should this education uh, focus on the farms that are in an area of known risk with the virus? I think, of course, because they are, they are, uh, I would say, they are closest to the risk, they, or they are closest to the yeah. virus, so so they are um, at the highest risk. But I think we we know already that uh, every country can be affected. It could happen to USA, to Canada, to Australia. We know that the virus was traveling in in the luggage by airplane. Yeah. We know that the virus could be traveling with the feet and feet components. Yeah. So, so this is this is a point we know that uh, we have, for instance, in some countries um, like Germany, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Denmark, we have a people who are coming from Eastern Europe working on 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 the pig farms. They may bring some pork meat at home, which is a very tasteful, but may contain the virus. So it means that everybody is at risk. So it means this education, this information is very important for every country where we have peaks because never know, you never know when or which country will be the next. Hopefully we will be able to stop this expansion of the African swine fever virus, but we have to be prepared and we have to be really focusing on prevention. And prevention in this case means a really education and information. And the starting point for this education, for example, are there checkpoints which farmers and their workers could be asked to observe? Well, uh, I would say that um, today we have, we have a lot of uh, possibilities to uh to get in contact with farmers uh, the last few months were of course dominated by by webinars by online meetings by publication in farmers media um, i mean we are doing podcasts about african swine fever now um, trying to uh, share some experiences and informations but another point is a really close cooperation with with a farmer and and and, and his veterinarian yeah, so it means they have to really cooperate on daily basis. Uh, they have to exchange information. They have to uh, inform each other about anything which could be relevant for the early diagnosis. 
So we have a situation that the veterinarians are organizing trainings for the farmers they are servicing. And they, they, I must say I was participating in, in, in many of these meetings and they are really very, very interesting. And, and I think that the farmers are really learning a lot. and going back home to their farm they really know much more and they are better prepared to to mitigate this risk and to reduce this risk mm. well i must admit one of the things that uh, rang a bell with me was when you referred to the workers uh they do they need to be made aware that they themselves could bring the virus onto the farm absolutely so as i said we we have uh, quite a lot of um, people migration in, in, in Europe, but the same in China, the people are moving, looking for, 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 for a job to other areas, uh, maybe during some holidays going back home. There is a tradition in many countries, you take some, some food, uh, the taste of your home, going back to your work and, and with the taste of your home, you might bring the virus to, to farm or to country which is uh, still virus free or african swine fever free so it means yes they they may they must notice that they may bring this this uh, virus with them and they must be aware that this is absolutely no go uh, it's a cooperation it's, it's, it's a mutual cooperation with with the farm management and employees so it means that you have to uh, ensure and you have to provide other kind of meats poultry, beef or fish or whatever, uh, just uh, not to motivate people to bring a pork meat to the farm because it, it, it could be a problem. And actually, it was a problem in many cases. Mm. Uh, we're nearing the end of this podcast, Dr. Trella, and, but there are a couple of points very quickly, please, if I could ask you. Uh, I'm going to take you back to the detection and diagnosis of an ASF episode at a farm. Are there ways we could make this process both faster and more accurate than the methods we have today? Well, I think so. We, we, we can do it. And, and I think already a lot of uh, things are happening. I'm, I'm thinking here now about the rapid test for, for quick use on the farm. So you can, you can have a, a quick test for, for confirming, for instance, DNA of the virus um, directly on the farm, which will uh, shorten the period uh, significantly maybe two, three days uh, faster than if you are uh, going traditional way with the laboratory. Actually, again, China is, is a country where, where this, this type of approach is already implemented in, 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 in the practical life. We have now a kind of approach which is due to the legal regulation uh, not possible in Europe. I, I'm thinking about test and removal and, and the colleagues in, in China are working already with this rapid test. Uh, we may think about a kind of a group uh, monitoring, uh, for instance, testing oral fluids like we are doing, for instance, for PRS monitoring. So definitely there is a need for, for quick and rapid uh, recognition on the farm. And, and it's already uh, some work ongoing. So, so I, I hope that, that we will have the, this, this type of test uh, available and affordable quite, quite soon, hopefully. Indeed. Finally, then, I'm going to ask you for a take-home message, Dr. Trello, if I may. Uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, what are the key points that they should bear in mind in just a few words, please? 
I think very important is the early detection and early diagnostic. So it means early diagnosis is very important um, from the regional or country point of view because it's, it's the, the main point to prevent the spreading of the virus. Um, as a veterinarian, you have to be careful about uh, non-specific uh, clinical symptoms, about non-specific uh, pathological lesions. Um, as a farmer, you have to be careful that uh, the disease may be very unspecific and spreading very slow at the beginning. So do not wait. If, if you are feeling uncomfortable with something which is ongoing on your farm, contact your vet, use the laboratory uh, testing we have already. And saying, all this, I, I, I would say education, information, experience exchange is very, very important. We have already quite a lot of knowledge, so we have to use it to prevent our farms better. Based on our experience, we are gaining basically every month, every week. Thank you, Dr. Trella. Thanks also to our listeners for joining us. Another podcast talking to Dr. Thomas Treller about African swine fever will be available soon in the Meet the Expert series brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim. So stay tuned. But thanks for joining us on this podcast today. Thank you. We want to remind you that more information on this conversation, like articles, publications and videos, can be found on the website pers.com.